RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Track Files, Season 5, Episode 6, Encounter at Farpoint Draft by Dorothy Fontana, December 18th, 1986. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, welcome back, Star Trek fans, all of our background fans, all you canonistas, I say that lovingly, and of course, all of our Trekophiles, spelled with an F. Hey, we've got a we've got a moment from the very, very first origins of Next Generation for you. Um, a short and sweet, for once, story document uh, that's just going to be fun to, well, to look at the very first look that anyone in public got of what became The Next Generation, the pilot episode, Encounter at Farpoint. So take a look at our document this week, as always, right there on Facebook at The Trek Files, and then come right back for this week's guest. During this, the Enterprise has arrived and we play for the suspense and humor of strangers joining together on a common mission. We're with Riker as he becomes number one on this new vessel. Also with Beverly and her daughter coming into their new home. Some find old acquaintances. Some are concerned about new ones they're meeting. Dominating everything, of course, is the question of what kind of man and leader is Captain Picard. All right, welcome back, Trekophiles. Yes, <laughs> this is the first glance that anyone got in a coherent way at the story that would become Encounter at Farpoint, and of course, in a larger sense, the story that would become The Next Generation, and in a mega sense, the story that would become Star Trek Picard. Um, it's an early look at an early document, and who better to, to uh, check it out with this week than our good friend and show producer, John Champion, John, thanks hey. for uh, thanks for dropping in again here. Of course, we're long distancing here. We're we're still um, we're still socially recording. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> and uh, no, this is uh, there's pieces of this, not not the least of which is the cover letter, which this is from December 1986. It's Dorothy, the late great R.I.P. Dorothy Fontana. Um, this is. I have a feeling we're going to have a counter of here's document number four thousand seven hundred forty-seven that I wish we could have asked Dorothy about. Sure, uh, sure, live. Of yeah. But here, he, Gene's received it. He's looked over it, and he's immediately passing it on to Rick, not as a fellow producer, but as his overseeing, you know, studio guy, studio executive. But it's and, just uh, three paragraphs and a very short and sweet memo cover mm-hmm. from Gene to Rick. Here's the yes. story by DC. As discussed, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just here, here, this is it. And, um, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise that Dorothy would knock out a very solid synopsis here. Three paragraphs, you know, it's a page and a half um, that really gives you everything you need to know. Uh, a lot of times when we look at story drafts, they are, mm-hmm. you know, they can be six to ten pages for a one-hour episode, just depends on how much detail really needs to be in there. But this, this is lays it all out, and um, I love that you even get to the end or very last sentence. 
it's all wound up in the story's last <laughs> <Right>. few minutes. <laughs> you know, it's like, you'll figure it out, you know. But, but she really, you know, she hits all the major points some other that, stuff that actually stay true to what we saw on the screen in 1987. Right. Well, now there are, there are some, I don't want to say growth pangs, but there are some, some mysteries. Part of the, part of oh, the sure. reason why she's able to stay to three paragraphs is this is, again, December 1986. They put out one edition of the Bible of this writer's guide, it would go through two more. And as we've seen, the evolution of the show and the characters was ongoing through January and February and March and even into the casting in the spring. But, I mean, look at this right, right off the bat. We've got uh, Beverly Crusher and her daughter Leslie at this right. point. Right. We've got, you know, Riker with a Y. Okay, that's surface. Um, that's an alternate universe, Riker with a Y. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Mirror that's Riker. The, yeah. That's the Riker with uh, only an evil goatee ever. Um, no, this, uh, what's helping her be brief, and, and it's almost like, you know, uh, FYI or, or, or DBA on a lot of factoids here about the cast. There are still some characters that are involved in the mix that haven't been solidified, haven't been named. Uh, you know, obviously, we've, got, we've still got Macha Hernandez here instead of uh, Tasha Yar. That's, that's in there floating. But as far as her story document goes, one thing that's important is they're still arguing about whether this pilot is going to be – this isn't inherent. We have to know this from our outside context. But they don't know whether the pilot's going to be a one-hour or a 90-minute or a two-hour yet. They're still wrangling over that. Right, right. Because the one thing that's obviously absent from this story is the whole Q element. Yes. Which and was what Gene added on top of Dorothy's story to get <laughs> right. to two hours. So there's no cue in this. So what, it, to me, reading this focuses it squarely back versus what we saw aired eventually mm. is Dorothy intends for the entire oomph of the episode to be about these aliens and this whole mystery. Yeah. And the mystery in the show kind of takes a back door. I mean – it's sad that they didn't have the tech. I mean, very famously, and for those who may not be – spoilers! <laughs> for those who may not be aware of the, the mega story, the deleted scene where they're actually patrolling inside the – they actually go inside the, the alien the – alien, um, that looks like it's a building. Mm -hmm. And there's the famous scene of Troy being all empath Troy all the time that was cut, where, you know, pain, pain, I feel the pain, but they're actually walking down some of this organic corridor where some tendrils come out and grab her. And it's just like the memory wall in the motion picture. They can't make the tech look anything but laughable. Right. Have, you know, the 1987, not CGI. So they cut this scene where it was actually, you know, an away team ex for the first time exploring an alien environment. And it goes away. So when you lost that scene, thankfully, I'm sure, you kind of lost a little bit of the alienness of that. And I, to me, the part of Farpoint that was always weakest was, I mean, I think people look at Farpoint now as Encounter at Farpoint as a finished thing and say, my God, if you took Q out of this, how much, for lack of a better word, wimpier the whole, you know, the plot, the stakes would be. And some of that is, I think, that got lessened because Q was added for time, but, and then they lost that scene. But you read her story here, and she's so punched up on the mystery of the aliens and the mystery of the alien. And then the, and I mean, in a way, I'm sad because I would have liked to have seen it as punched up with the aliens being, the, you know what I'm saying? With the thrust of the mystery. Whether they could carry it off or whether it would have failed, that's another story. But reading her, reading this story, the ending, the last third, is, is much more Star Trek alien ish 
<laughs> than good old Star Trek, you know, arguing with a superior being <laughs> at the end of the show. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Did that strike <laughs> so, you that I would have liked to have seen this ending, this show? Yeah. I, well, the thing that struck me about this uh, draft is that it, it feels very TOS. I mean, you could mm-hmm. take those names, you could take Riker and Picard and Crusher out of it, and you could throw right in with, you know, whatever TOS arrangement of characters you want. And it, it, it is absolutely cut from the cloth of the types of stories they were telling in the 60s. Here's a thing we don't understand. We don't know what it is. Oh, look, it's an alien. We're better off if we try to understand it. Everything else is sort of the dressing around that. And, yeah, you know, yes. what's interesting here is that uh, Dorothy is sort of making uh, some accommodations for the fact that it is a pilot that we have to meet all of these people along the way. So in that case, the, the story is really stripped down quite a bit. You know, it really mm-hmm. is just, um, let, let's say you took oh, an episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and But let's say you took an episode from TOS, like Devil in the Dark. It's a creature, we don't understand it, so we're going to try to understand it. If you made that your pilot episode, well, you could get across all of that in a very mm-hmm. short amount of time, spend the rest of your minutes getting to know who these new people are. Right. So I like the efficiency of what she's done here. And, and yeah, that can very neatly fit into a 45, 48 minute package, you know, without much, uh, without much finessing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you go back in and add Q, okay, you could look at that as just padding. Well, we have to reach our new, you know, two hour time limit here, feature length time limit. But you can also look at it as great. We we have this opportunity to introduce a new character, sort of raise the stakes for everything. So I think, look, either way, this is not going to be a problem. I I, I mean, the the key to me here is where she has she's underlined things for emphasis and strength, stress. Yeah, and I keep going back in my mind comparing it to the final episode, and there is a mystery, there is a reveal. It is cool, and ILM that did all the effects for the pilot did a great job on bringing what I've always called the jellyfish aliens you know, mm-hmm. to life at the end. It's just um, by the time they get through 30 minutes of non-Q mystery, you're kind of figuring, you're kind of figuring out. I just, I just never thought oh, yeah. it was the strongest ending, and again, maybe that was, yeah. that was factors that um, you know, part of the production, part of the, the structuring, and it's just the new story, and there's so much attention to this, and they're they are focusing as much on introducing the characters and the ship and the sets and the technology and all of that. They're very conscious of getting people over the hump of this is not Kirk Spock, McCoy, and, and Christmas lights and flat plywood sets. Well, it's but, very you know, interesting. You know, some of the details that didn't make it into that final, and, and I mm-hmm. have to assume right off the bat it's a budgetary thing, is that that second alien vessel or that, that second alien creature shows up earlier as a space vessel, you know, so sort of disguised itself as a ship full of people. And that's sort of the way it makes its uh, way around the universe, or at least encountering these people, is to try to disguise itself as something else. That probably would have been very costly. Okay, we have to design another ship. We have to do some sort of uh, transition effect to get it to turn into whatever this creature is going to look like. She doesn't spell out anything about, you know, the jellyfish at this point. Right, right. It's totally... Um, totally... 
Uh, but that was a cool idea. That, that was an interesting thing. So we probably would have seen that slightly earlier uh, than what we just got at the end, where they where they fly off and hold hands, hold <laughs> hold, hold tendrils, you know. Well, that is um, a cute. Yeah. What? What? Mm-hmm. What? Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, that, that was all. I mean, I, I, I just think that she's spread out some of these moments a little bit and, um, you know, built in some interest there that, that we didn't get in the actual pilot as it was filmed. But in the pilot as it was filmed, I think they did uh, some interesting choices to to help sort of raise the mystery level for the audience along the way as we're discovering along with them what's actually happening at Farpoint Station. Right. I think aside from the mall scene with the bandy, you know, the shopkeepers and all of that. <laughs> yeah. After that, the only the only representation of the of the bandy people, the lo- the natives that we get is all through Groppler Zorn, right? The head the mm-hmm. head honcho. Right. And everything is viewed through him like oh the weird little apple mystery and when he's being tortured like he's being not tortured but held up, you know, he's being shaken down or yeah. shaken up. Yeah. Um and it, it gets to back some of these questions that I guess what keeps coming back to me is these questions she's asking, you know, in vagueness to, to do a further detail when she gets to her story and then her script. Did this planet's humanoids imprison and use this alien creature? Well, they did. Mm-hmm. Or did they rescue and care for it? And it was like, oh, well, she set that up. And if she's trying to say that that's an alternate view of it, can its mate be convinced of the truth? That that, and that does feel very TOS-y. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a good little bit of nuance and, that we actually didn't get. And we, from yeah, I mean, that the, all that drama would have filled up yeah. all the time that, mm-hmm. that Q wound up taking up. But it, now I'm reading this and thinking, oh, well, that would have been, it may have been a throwback to TOS, but it would have heightened some more. I mean, we can't just gauge what we, our memory is and what we watch from the finished film because these questions were kind of glossed over in shorthand. And in the end, it, it, that's fine. We get to the point. The, the one that really got to me was um, <laughs> we're, you know, we're laughing about it. It's all wound up. Oh, will both creatures just leave the planet with this being the end of a vital Starfleet station? Part of the way this, the episode comes apart was it's not a vital Starfleet station. It's a wannabe right. Starfleet right. station. And reading this made me think, hey, wait a minute. We're so enraptured with watching the two jellyfish, as you say, tendril and tendril fly off. Mm. And then we smile and get one more little, um, you know, smack with, with Q on the view screen and everybody takes off. And we never, we don't really have a sense of, or if anyone cares, a sense of what happens when, so this, so it was, in, so it was, uh, this is like Farpoint in a whole new light here. Yeah. It's like, yeah. so the alien mate was, um, was enslaved and made to, how, the, how you do that, by the way, but. <laughs> it was enslaved and made to did they nurse it back from health i mean that's something she you know raises that we'd ever get get to like the the origin of the situation that they used it for but they're into it to try to up their up their uh, up themselves as a as a federation you know uh, orbit player here they're wanting to we don't get into that after the first mention is made but what's really glaring after reading this to me is what does happen, and does anyone care? Once that base is ripped up, you're left with that old, the old Bandy City. It's like, what? that's their technology level. This was all a fake. This was all a faux pretension. And once the alien leaves, do those guys go back to living in their Stonehenge-looking buildings? Yeah, yeah. You, you don't know. But, I mean, the way that I look at this, again, it's December 1986. Nobody up to this point has written Star Trek that is not about Kirk, Spock, and McCoy on the Enterprise. Right. And I, I think what's so 
telling about that is that these choices that she's made in how the story will play out in in this draft and and in her concept of it is that yeah we we leave at the end and we're probably never coming back <laughs> that that is a very TOS thing right. and then all of this at the end about well, well, was what was it? Was the alien captured and imprisoned, or did they care for a rescue? How do we convince each other of what the truth is here? That that is, you know, right for a Kirk speech, right there, mm-hmm. <laughs> to try to get to the bottom of this. I um, see a McCoy Spock banter. You know, yeah. Oh, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And the other interesting thing about this is, you know, right at the beginning, uh, she says that this Farpoint station. This is where Starfleet vessels congregate before they go out into their long missions. And that's not really something we get a sense of uh, from the pilot, um, that this is just sort of like a regular thing. Who knows where this place is, but if you're going out on a 5 or a 10 or a 12-year mission or however long it's intended for, this is the last stop you make before you go there. And everybody does this. So there is a bit of a history built up with this. And then in my head, the anticipation that you would see other Starfleet ships there and other Starfleet personnel there. So there, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of interesting detail that we, we didn't get, but then I'm kind of glad for the detail we did get. Right. Well, and again, December, early December, early uh, uh, development and you're right. Some of the payoff we keep talking about in those final questions that we didn't see is predicated on the fact that at this point, and if some of the other memos we've talked about already on the show earlier and things we'll get to later, they were really wrestling with what the nature of the show would be. And a lot of the talk was that this was not to be just another Kirk-type five-year mission. They were yeah. going off. That's why the families were coming. They're going to go off for five years maybe, but it was going to be five. We're not checking in with Starfleet. You know, it's almost like a Voyager without the caretaker or something. I mean, intentional and not that far. But they were really intending to be off and and taking everything they needed with them so they wouldn't be checking, which is not where the show went at all. And it's not where the show launched. And that right there takes away some of the mystery of Dorothy and the power of Dorothy's premise because at this point she's envisioning this with the stakes much higher because of the nature of that kind of a base. If this is the the dropping, if this is the San Diego, you know, or the, uh, or the Norfolk news or the uh, Newport news yards where you go before you head out, um, that would have raised the stakes on the importance of the station and the, and the, and the locals, you know, need for it and desire for it and everything, everything would be heightened. And when that went away, when it, at the beginning of as aired Farpoint. Picard just says, hey, our first mission is to go explain this mystery with these guys and where are they coming from and how are they doing this? It's, it's a much, the stakes have already been lowered, you know what I'm saying, by the time yeah. it's aired. Yeah. But again, that's part of the, which, this is what we're reading. We're not reading her draft and her later script. We're reading December. And it's a snapshot into what's in the mind of everybody. You know, what's the best guess thinking at the time, the, the brain trust thinking. But the, bigger, the biggest thing is you've only got, what, three characters mentioned here. Riker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, four if you four, include Leslie. There if you, you count Leslie, yeah. yeah. You know, on one hand, this was a very simple document, but on the other hand, it's just amazing what you can find and what uh, there's always food for thought, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah, cool document. And uh, again, a testament to uh, Dorothy's abilities. Yes, absolutely. 
The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. All of our documents and your chance to comment are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. Now, for more great podcasts, check out podcast.roddenberry.com. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47. That's me at larrynimacek.com. Trek well, everybody. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.